Good evening, everybody. My name is Jordan, and this is episode 24 of Sodom and I. Now, we're going to change the... Change the... (laughs) I guess main idea, the topic for today. Let's try to find the right word to say. But we're going to switch it up. We've been talking about the different covenants and everything, and I'll We'll go back over that tomorrow with the the list that has uh, everything on it from all, what, seven? Seven or eight, because on some of them it was like two on each paper. But that's besides the fact. That's not what we're talking about today. Today we're going to Revelations, right? We're going to talk about the lessons from Revelations 7 churches, right? So, lessons from the seven churches of Revelation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we are on, a, it's, it's called agfaithchapel.org. And this is, this is really good. This is, this is powerful. It really is. This is nice. Do, do, do. What happened to the thing? All right, hold on. There we go. I guess I tapped something. So, seven churches in Revelations. And this one is to Ephesus, a call to return to your first love. This is part one. Let me tell you how good God is, guys. I was going to go to Ephesians, right? Because I just finished reading the book of Ephesians. Another really short chapter. It's a chapter. Another really short book. It's only six chapters. And it talks about the love of God, right? So I I was going to talk about the love of God and everything. So I was like, Lord, let me let me find, you know, a web page, talk about some lessons, you know, keep it keep it interesting for you guys. Got to switch it up some. But he didn't want me to read from Ephesians. He wanted to he wanted me to read about Ephesus, which is from Revelations. And I love that this is part one. Cause I was like, oh, this is really good. And then on the there's like a cover page and it's like lessons from the seven churches. And I'm like, oh, this is only one. Let me see which part this was. And it's part one. <laughs> so he wanted me to talk about this. So this is the next train that we're gonna be hopping on. And this is part one. I don't know what part two is, but We'll figure that out. We'll, we'll, we'll go over that tomorrow. Today, we're going to start from the top. All right. Ephesus, a call to return to your first love. Lessons from Revelation 7 Churches, Part 1. All right. Are you spiritually distracted? Has duty, religious obligation, or hard work replaced your love for Jesus? We are responsible to act in a way that glorifies God. Don't replace your love for Jesus and others with religious do's and don'ts. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of us really need to hear this because some of us can, some of us shy away from church based off of how we were treated, you know, by people who go to church in the past, you know. But I think this would, this is really going to help with that because now we're going to hear what God says, not what the church says, not what the people who follow him say. This is co- this is what God says, right? Boom, we want to do what he says, not what man says. And sometimes we get we can get a little distracted, right? 
focus on Jesus rather than the battle. Sometimes fighting the spiritual battle before us can become so consuming that we take our, our spiritual eyes off God. Do not allow anything to come between you and your love for Jesus. Return to your first love. Listen to the Spirit of God and press in. The, the Lord is speaking to you at this moment. Choose today to be an overcomer. Listen to the Spirit of God and press in spiritually. Choose to grow deeper in the love of God. Passionately seek the love of God and share it with those around you. Ephesians, a church that lost sight of its first love. A call to return to your first love. Do my actions display my love for God? Mm-hmm. And then I guess this is like a blog or something. Several weeks ago, I shared a message, a message titled, A Call to Perseverance. And we looked at Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 30, or 29. Last week, we looked at Philippians chapter 1, verses uh, 27 through 30. I'm going to screenshot this, actually. Bloop, bloop, double tap. Look into that. Mm-hmm. Where is it? 2730. Where we find that, that uh, the Apostle Paul challenges the Philippians to live in such a manner that whatever might come their way in life, they would be ready and conduct themselves in a manner that is worthy of the gospel of Christ, and so to contend for faith in Christ. I ask the question, are we living our lives in a way that is worthy Mm-hmm. That is worthy of the gospel of Christ. I thought more about that question this week and came to consider the idea that living a life worthy of the gospel is much more than how a person lives. It is also about the heart. Meaning, living a life worthy of the gospel also involves the motive and manner by which you live and conduct your life. I found myself returning to Revelation chapter 2 and reading about the church in Ephesus. I then asked myself, 1. Is my heart and love for God worthy of the gospel? 2. Is my love for both God and others displayed in how I live? 3. Do I love the Lord with all my heart and are my actions in line with, with the heart of God as it was when I first believed? 4. Do my actions display my love for God in such a way that others see my love for Jesus and a love for people who are lost so that they will experience the love of Jesus that I experienced for themselves? With everything going on in the world, this was written in the middle of, uh, or I guess six months post-COVID. And then number five, am I loving others and God in a manner that I once did when I first believed or has my love faded over time? I feel these are legitimate questions we need to ask ourselves in light of all that is happening around us with all the political noise swirling around, all the violence, anger, pain, and loss and seeing or hearing in the news of personal attacks against someone because of what they believe. Has that affected how I view or love a person? Over time, change is rarely noticed. Haha, <laughs> just ask the frog in the pot. Has my love for God unknowingly lessened? The enemy of your soul won't try to change your heart overnight. A church on fire for Christ doesn't suddenly change one day. You know, it happens slowly. 
It may take a generation. Israel turned away from following the Lord in a matter of one generation. That is so true. <laughs> that is so true. The church in Ephesus was doing all the right things, and yet they still needed to repent. They had forsaken their first love. I believe in, I believe the church in Ephesus began to focus on the battle rather than Jesus. They focused on battling sin rather than loving the Savior. I feel they focused on what they thought they should rather than uh, focusing on Jesus. Slowly, duty replaced love. Slowly, religious actions and hard work replaced their love for Jesus. The believers had forgotten what drew them to Jesus in the first place, the love of God. May we never forget the love of God. And may we never take our spiritual eyes off the one who first loved us and continue to love him first. May we never replace the motive of love for Jesus and others with religious do's and don'ts. All right, and that is Revelation chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. Yeah, we're going to read it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I actually think I want to read this in the Passion Translation. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Revelation chapter 2. We got him on Ephesians, LOL. Revelation chapter 2, 1 through 7. Christ's letter to Ephesus. This is in the Passion Translation. I write to the following, or I write the following to the messenger of the congregation in Ephesus. For these are the words of the one who holds the seven stars firmly in his right hand, who walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know all you've done for me. You've worked hard and persevered. I know that you won't tolerate evil. You have tested those who claim to be apostles and proved they are not, for they were imposters. I also know how you bravely endured trials and persecutions because of my name, yet you have not become discouraged. But I have this against you. You have abandoned the passionate love you have had for me at the beginning. Think about how far you have fallen. Repent and do the works of love you did at first. I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place of influence if you do not repent. Although to your credit, you despise the practices of the uh, Nicolaitans, which I also despise. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that's wrong, guys, I, which I also despise. The one whose heart is open let him listen carefully to what the Spirit is saying now to all the churches. To the one who overcomes, I will give access to feast on the fruit of the tree of life that is found in the paradise of God. Amen. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I, I might continue. I might start reading in Revelations. I'd be popping around sometimes. All right. But, you know, we got the gist of it. You're doing everything else right. You know, you're, you're persecuting, not you're persecuting these people, but you're calling out the people who need to be called out. You know, you're not just uh, go with the flow. You're not letting people do uh, false prophecy and none of that stuff. You're not letting people do any of that. 
But I hold this against you, yet I hold this against you. This one is in uh, NIV. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. Mm -hmm. You know, all and then verse seven, whoever has ears, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. Mm -hmm. Right. Continuing. You may have heard the tale where a wife asks her husband, don't you love me anymore? And the husband replies, what do you mean? Of course, I still love you. I take out the garbage. I cut the grass and I wash your car. I make sure you have gas in your car. I pay the bills. Yes, I love you. I told you that I loved you when I married you. And when that changes, I will let you know. <laughs> Taking out the garbage or washing the car does not replace the affection and acts of love that the two expressed when they first dated and later married. Sure, taking out the garbage can come from a, from a motivation of love, but it is not a it is not to be a replacement for an expression of love towards another. Let me slow down, rewind, and bring it back because I stumbled and I want to say this clearly. Sure, taking out the garbage can come from a motivation of love, but it is not to be a replacement for an expression of love towards another. To think that I told you I loved you some time ago and then not continue to say it or express it in ways that you once did is not showing your love. Mm-hmm. Never allow duty or hard work to replace or quench the motive and love you have in your heart for Jesus. I want to pause right there and then go back a little bit. To think I told you I loved you some time ago and then not continue to say it or express it in ways that you once did is not showing your love. Imagine your mom telling you that she loved you the day you were born and never said that jive again. You would feel like <laughs> you would feel like she doesn't love you. And then imagine she says, bro, the day I literally I literally gave birth to you and told you I loved you. <laughs> I literally gave I told you I loved you the day you were born. I, I, I don't got to say it every day. I told you that one day you were born. No. No. You're going to think your mother doesn't love you. Because you don't even remember the first time she told you she loved you. That's how long ago it was. You know? Mm. Man. I hope that made sense to people. And I hope that made sense to the people who are like, uh, I have a problem expressing myself, so I just don't. That's an issue. That's <laughs> that's an issue. Because it, it might be causing issues in your life. I don't know who I'm talking to, but I, I hope it made sense to somebody. Continuing. Never allow duty or hard work to replace or quench the motive and love you have in your heart for Jesus. Mm -hmm. In 1992... The movie, or in the 1992 movie, The Cutting Edge, Kate Mosley is an Olympic figure skater obsessed with finding a perfect partner for the next Olympic game. She's a rich, spoiled brat, and it makes it, and she makes it impossible for others to work with her. Her coach finds an ex-Olympic hockey player to skate with her. The two have issues with one another, yet they advance to compete in the Olympics. At one point, the sportscasters recognize that the couple are able to complete 
all the required moves properly, but something was lacking. Hmm. The joy and love for the sport and for one another was missing. When their motive of love returned, everything changed and it became obvious to everyone. Do not allow anything to come between you and your love for Jesus. Lessons from Ephesus. The believers in Ephesus were doing all the right things, but their love for God was missing. They lost their first love. Mm -hmm. The foundation of the church was based on faith in Christ. However, over time, because some individuals drifted spiritually, the church drifted spiritually, and they all needed to be reminded to focus on Jesus and repent when necessary. Jesus spoke to John to call on the Ephesians to consider their actions and repent. The church in Ephesus and the other six churches were given instructions regarding their spiritual condition and needs, and yet all seven churches were given a promise, but the promise was dependent on how the church responded to the message given them. Each church and each individual is responsible to act in a way that glorifies God and to repent as needed. Each needed to respond as instruction and to overcome the negative or evil opposition that may come from both outside and inside influence. Both outside and inside influences. Each church needed to determine to live by faith and in obedience to Christ. No matter the church, no matter the individual, over time, each can drift away from God. It's not my purpose to judge anyone but myself by the word of God. With that in mind, let's consider what the church in Ephesus was doing correctly. We're not just going to focus on what they were doing wrong, guys. We're also going to focus on what they did right. John writes, I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not, and have found them false. You have persevered and have endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary. Uh, you know, Revelation chapter 2, verse 2. Or verse 2 through 3 emphasis added. Yeah, because that was not what I read earlier. <laughs> but it hit, it hit a little different. It hit a little different. In other words, the believers in Ephesus appeared to be working at doing all the right things. They were hard at work fighting the good fight of faith. The believers were hard at work protecting the gospel. The believers were zealous for righteousness. They considered how people were living and confronted the sin. They scrutinized what others were teaching and called them out when their teaching was in error. The church endured both spiritual and physical attacks from outside the church. The believers were not about to weaken or compromise what they believed, and yet their love for God and others changed. Mm-hmm. I suspect the church may have become spiritually rich regarding the gospel. Once the church was motivated by the love of God and to share the message of God's love with others, but the hardship and attacks of everyday life soon took its toll and the love for Jesus and others soon began to fade. Mm -hmm. 
We all had baggage in life as unbelievers. We did not look like believers because we weren't believers. We did not sound like believers, nor did we act like believers. Yet, yet, we all were shown the love of God. We heard the gospel's message and responded to the love of God and in faith. I believe if we, if we will love Jesus with all our heart and love others as ourselves, if we focus and love the word of God, we will avoid sin, we will not run after false teaching, and we will not forsake our first love. The believers in Ephesus knew all about loving God and loving others, and yet, in less than 30 years, they had forsaken their first love. Mm. It was intentional that the Ephesians forsook their, or was it intentional, not it was, <laughs> that the Ephesians forsook their first love? No, but they got spiritually distracted and confronting error rather than loving Jesus. That's good. That's a bar. No, but they got spiritually distracted in confronting error rather than loving Jesus. Was it more important to confront sin rather than loving God and loving others? No, with the exclamation point, capital N, capital O, times three, and then exclamation point, times seven, just cause. You know, no, it's not more important. John wanted the believers to realize that the promise of God could still be theirs, that God loved them, and he, and they could once, uh, yeah, they could once again return to their first love. They, he loves them, you know. First, they needed to know and remember just how far they had fallen. Sometimes we need to be reminded. Some, you know, sometimes we don't really notice until we're too far out and then we get embarrassed. You know, second, they needed to repent. Once you get to that point, don't be afraid to tell God, sorry. I apologize, Lord. I want to come back to my first love. Help me get back to you. Third, they were to return to their first love. To do that, the believers needed to have ears to hear and a heart that responds and repent. Don't harden your heart, guys. Have a soft heart for God. Friends, at times, fighting the spiritual battle before us can become so consuming that all we can do is focus on the battle and we forget about loving the one who died for us. We forget about loving those who are hurting. We forget about loving one another. We forget about the fact that we were once that person living in rebellion to God. It's at times like this that we need to stop and listen for the voice of God and repent. Mm -hmm. Call to return to your first love. Do not let the love of God and the love for others grow faint because you have gotten so busy fighting the battles of life. Maybe you're feeling a little overwhelmed. Maybe you're feeling alone and spiritually tired. Maybe you have focused on the battle and have not noticed that the love of God and the love for others is missing in your life. Maybe you have begun to realize that your love of God is not what he used to be. It's not that you don't love God, but you know your love for Jesus is not what it once was, and that's okay. Listen to the Spirit 
of God and press in. Take time to absorb the love and presence of God each day. Take time to pray and receive from God. Take time to be refreshed by the word of God each day. The Lord is speaking to you at this moment. Choose today to be an overcomer. Listen to the spirit of God and press in spiritually. Choose to grow deeper in the love of God. Passionately seek the love of God and share it with those around you. He's right here and right now. Mm-hmm. I like this. This is nice. Right? So we are going to... I'm definitely going to keep this page open and then read the other um, the other seven articles, I guess. Seven parts. But yeah, that's the end of it. You know, return to your first love. Don't be scared, guys. I posted a, a, a thing on Instagram earlier on my regular page. Uh, I saw this video. And it was this pastor talking about a young guy to a pastor. You know, he interested in following Christ. You know, he's like, if I follow Christ, do I have to give up pot? And the pastor was like, no. And then he was like, okay, wait. If I follow Christ, do I have to give up marijuana? You know, because he was <laughs> he was like, he, he must not understand what I'm saying. Because he said no. You know, everybody, you know, what we've all seen it. The devil's lettuce! We've all seen it. <laughs> or heard it from somewhere before, you know. And uh, Pastor's like, no. And then <laughs> he said, the 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 guy reached into his jacket and pulled out like a, a joint and he made a little joke he, he referenced it in his own language and he was like uh or so it was called back then back in the 80s <laughs> but um he pulled he basically pulled a, a paper towel wrapped joint out of his pocket it was like this do i have to stop smoking this to follow jesus to follow christ to be a Christian, you know, to join the church, to love God. And the pastor was like, no. He said, do you have to clean yourself up before taking a shower? And I was like, wow. God will meet you where you're at. He'll meet you where you're at. And as your heart changes, so will your actions. I done already said I smoked before, but I surely do not smoke as much as I used to after changing my life. Maybe after, like, I get everything done during the day, you know, I contact who I need to contact, do a couple of uh, business propositions that I need to do more of, actually, you know, do some driving or whatnot, just take care of business. And then at night, after I recorded my podcast, after I read my Bible, then. I'll make some food and chill out for the night. But I had to learn that that does not take precedence over God. God doesn't want to snatch away everything that you enjoy. But he wants to make sure that you understand he needs to be the head of your life. For you, you, you got this stuff because of him. He allowed you to indulge in whatever you like to indulge. Some people don't like smoking. Some people like drinking. Some people like doing other stuff. That's none of my business. Just make sure you put God first and he'll let you know. 
You guys, you you'll walk together with Jesus, and you'll 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 fix what He wants you to fix. And I'll leave it at that. You'll fix what He wants you to fix. If He wants you to stop, He'll make that known, and you'll end up stopping. You know, if your heart changes. But like I said, soften your heart for the Lord. If there is one person that you want to give your entire being to, it is God. <laughs> it is God. But I'm going to leave that at that. And we are going to not so subtly, but semi-subtly transition. <laughs> I got all these folded pages in this book. I used to read this periodically. I'm going to transition over to our Whispers of Wisdom for Everybody. Day 14, mumbling and a grumbling. But I don't want to. Do I have to? Can't somebody else do it? Mm-hmm. Imagine this. You're taking it easy. Resting after a long day at school. Just chilling. Playing a little video game. Reading a little book. Talking to a little friend on the phone. Then you hear those words. You know the ones. It's your mom's <laughs> it's your mom's voice. And she needs you to do the dishes or help take care of your little brother or set the table. But I don't feel like it, you wanna say. I did it yesterday. I have someone else. <laughs> uh-uh. Ask somebody else to do it. <laughs> it's always my turn. Maybe you even reach for the big guns using words like no fear. Here's the problem with the no fair attitude. Jesus tells us not to have it. Mm. In fact, he says that we're to do everything without complaining. Sounds impossible. I know. I know. It sounds impossible. But we're supposed to try anyways. A royal child, a true royal child, mm -hmm, doesn't mumble and grumble. They just do. Whisper of wisdom. Mm-hmm. Do everything without complaining or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure. Children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe as you hold out the word of life. In order that I may boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor for nothing. Philippians chapter 2, verses 14 through 16. Mm-hmm. Lovely. That was nice. Yeah, so um, thank you guys. This was, this was a nice little, little session today. Wasn't super long, only about 30-something minutes. But definitely take notes from this. Return to your first love. If you, if you, let me see. Are you spiritually distracted? Well, what was that one question? There we go. Are you living your life in a way that is worthy of the gospel of Christ? I'm going to go back and read these questions and then I'll let you go. I hold it hostage. Is my heart and love for God worthy of the gospel? Is my love for both God and others displayed in how I live? Do I love the Lord with all my heart and are my actions in line with the heart of God as when I first believed? And if you haven't believed before and, you know, you're just stumbling upon this and God brought it to you and you're like, well, 
How do I, you know, fall in love with God? How do I, you know, learn to love Jesus? You know, because it's a different type of love, man. It's a it's a different type of love. <laughs> it's the best type of love. It is. Do I love the Lord with all my heart? And are my actions in line with the heart of God? Do my actions display my love for God? And am I am I loving others and loving God? Right? So if you're just getting into being a disciple of Christ and, and learning how to love God the right way and learning that church isn't all bad and that, you know, things like Christians aren't all bad. That used to be me, guys. I, you know what I used to say before I got back into church? I used to say, I'm a Christian-based spiritualist because I did not like the the history of Christians. How How we used to burn people in churches in the name of God to follow each other that'll make no sense to me and for the <laughs> and for the longest time that's what stopped me from being a, a true disciple of christ a true one one that really said i believe jesus is my and i did believe jesus was my lord and savior none of my upbringing in church had changed i was just like this doesn't make any sense and i don't want to I guess, identify with that if I don't personally agree with its origins, but I do agree with his origins. It's love. You know, I got caught up in the history. I look, I got caught up in the, in the, uh, what is it? In the battle, you know, the spiritual battle. I was like, I don't want to be a part of people that killed others in the name of God. And God didn't, God didn't say do that. You know, I was just, I was spiritually distracted and I needed to focus on Jesus rather than the battle. And once I started doing that, my life truly, truly, <laughs> truly changed. It really did, y'all. It really did. I'll give myself for every, every bad example that's on here. I'll give something for something I did. You know, that way nobody's like, ah, she thinks she's good at two shoes. And ah, she, uh, blah, blah, uh, blah, 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 blah. no, none of that. <laughs> none of that. You guys will get complete insight on whatever God wants me to share with you. So leaving it at that, I'll let you go. Have a great night. I love you guys. And stay blessed. Blessed and highly favored. <laughs>